Welcome to this edition of the Florida Roundtable. My name's Bill Mick. You'll find me at BillMick.com. Drop us an email there or your thoughts about the show. Today, we'll explore the world of human trafficking and its impact on Florida communities. Who are its victims? How are they lured into the world of exploitation? How can it be prevented for our loved ones, our children? What challenges exist for law enforcement and what tactics work in fighting this crime? Human trafficking, prostitution, child predators, all in this edition of the Florida Roundtable. Our guest today, Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey, himself a former FDLE agent, and we'll be here on the Florida News Network looking at human trafficking around Florida on the Florida News Network. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Hosting big parties often calls for making tough last minute decisions, but planning the perfect meal shouldn't be one of them. Let the Fresh from Florida Club help. As a member, you can browse hundreds of recipes, each with local in season ingredients. That means you can create and save the perfect menu well ahead of time, so you can sit back and enjoy the party. Join the free Fresh from Florida Club at freshfromflorida.com. It could be the easiest decision you'll make all year. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. And welcome back to the Florida Roundtable on the Florida News Network. I'm Bill Mick. Joining us today as we explore human trafficking in the state of Florida is Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey. Sheriff, good morning or good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. How are you, man? I was going to say, man, good afternoon there. I'm doing great, Bill. Um, uh, everything's going great. We just uh, obviously kicked off the new year and things, um, things are going very well for the men and women of the Brevard County Sheriff's Office and Brevard County as a whole. We've got a problem in the state that's really uh, a, a national and an international problem. And we've seen recent headlines. I recall one from Hillsborough County, another just a week or so ago from Miami, where um, a young girl who went missing like five years ago was recovered from a prostitution sting where an undercover group of officers had gone online. And this girl's been missing for five years in Miami, ends up going across uh, Alligator Alley and ends up meeting what they thought was a customer, ended up being a cop, and she's rescued after five years of being forced into prostitution. That, those are interesting angles on this statewide problem that goes across the country. Let's Before we jump into those, though, let, let's introduce you to this statewide audience and let them know who Wayne Ivey is. Yes, Brevard County Sheriff, what led you to that? Um, man, I've been a law enforcement officer for... Uh since uh, 1980, actually, and um, got the opportunity to run for sheriff here in Brevard County and uh, was blessed to win. And, man, it's been uh, just a, a great day and, and uh, ever since and just uh, loving the job. I'm surrounded by an amazing team of men and women that knock it out of the park every day to keep our community safe. And, buddy, we, uh, we have it great because we have a community that loves us and stands with us uh, just as much as we love and stand with them. So love the job, man. It's, um, it is nonstop uh, starts at about 5:30 in the morning goes till about 10 o'clock at night before it uh, settles down but 
it is a, it's a lot of fun there. Oh, there's no doubt. You and I share some of that law enforcement experience, both of us having got into the job in 1980, and uh, some shared experience and a little different uh, depending on where you were. You started out as a deputy sheriff in, in North Florida. Yeah, I actually started as a corrections deputy, believe it or not. Um, started with the Clay County Sheriff's Office and uh, worked there for a year and then went to Putnam County where I worked for um, as a road deputy and then went back to Clay County as a major case narcotics detective and um, and then got blessed to be picked up by FDLE in 1993 and um, stayed with him 20 years before running for sheriff here. So kind of was really blessed. You know, I always tell people, you don't shape your career, your career shapes you. Mm-hmm. And uh, really blessed to have all of those different fields uh, come into come come into play at one point in my career. As, as you've taken that role now as sheriff here in Brevard County, but it, managing a department of that size, and there, and there are some bigger, there are a lot that are smaller, uh, you've got a lot of different priorities. Where does human trafficking and the related crimes come in on the list? How, what kind of resources are you as a local sheriff able to devote to that? And then maybe what are some of the partnerships that are in play out there? Yeah, you know, to answer that, Bill, I want to go back in time a little bit um, because uh, when I was with FDLE, I was, I was in Brevard County. It was one of my assignments. And we would go to, we would have um, uh, countywide analyst and intelligence meetings. And we, at, at the end of those meetings, after everybody shared their information, we would go around the room. And I'm, I'm, I'm going back now probably 15 years, um, uh, 16 years ago. And um, we would go around the room and we would ask anybody got anything for the good of the order, you know, how you close out most, most meetings. And we, there was always a, a young lady from the Palm Bay Police Department, Heidi, that every, every time we knew when we got to Heidi, Heidi was going to say, well, we need to talk about human trafficking and what we're doing to prevent it. And sadly, and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else, sadly, every one of us back then would go, oh boy, here we go again, human trafficking. Well, I say sadly because Heidi had wisdom beyond her years. None of us um, did. And we would always just go, okay, we don't have any human trafficking. We haven't had any, da, 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 da. Now fast forward to the day where the state of Florida ranks number three in the country in the most victims of human trafficking. Oh, wow. Didn't realize we'd be that high. We're the third most populous state. It's going to impact us. Right. We rank uh, we rank third behind California and Texas. And, you know, we we all had blinders on back then. Well, now we got to take the blinders off. And we'll talk it on this edition of the Florida Roundtable on the Florida News Network. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Are you worried about your vessel becoming derelict with criminal fines and removal costs? The Florida Vessel Turn-In Program, or VTIP, from the FWC may be able to help. If you are the titled owner, have received an at-risk warning or citation, and the vessel is floating, go to floridavtip.com and get the details on how this program can remove your vessel at no cost to you. Don't wait until it's too late. Go to floridavtip.com. That's floridavtip.com. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archie Bello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov.
Back on the Florida Roundtable, I'm Bill Mick with Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey as we discuss human trafficking across the state. Sheriff, before we paused for a moment, you were saying we're the third busiest state in the union as far as having human trafficking offenses. Let's break it down a little bit because when I hear and see the news stories that are out there, I see a difference in human trafficking, standard prostitution, and child predators, and all of those can come into play in human trafficking, but they're, they not all are. How is this broken down as far as enforcement in your mind? So I think the first thing you have to keep in mind, and, and as I said earlier, we got to take our blinders off. Every community has the potential for human trafficking. Every community has the potential for victims of human trafficking um, uh, to, to be in that, that area. So when you look at how someone makes a profit off of human trafficking victims, there's generally three ways that they do it. One is the forced labor. And the primary area that we see that is the agriculture industry um, is, the, is the primary area. So maybe they've been brought you know, um, uh, uh, across the border. Uh, they're put into that forced labor to repay their debt. Maybe I'll use that as a, as a potential scenario. Um, so forced labor, agriculture. Second one is forced labor in the hospitality industry. And what I always tell people is, if you look at just our piece of the world, Brevard County, do we have agriculture? Absolutely. Do we have hospitality industry? Absolutely. We have hotels. We have um, uh, nail salons. We have massage parlors. We have restaurants. We have the largest passenger cruise port in the country right here in our backyard. So we have to check that box. And then the last way is the forced sex industry, which goes to what you're talking about, with the, the prostitution. And there, there are some uh, of those that are involved in the prostitution industry that have chosen that path, that have, have decided they're going to do that. There are others that are forced into that path. And that's where the prostitution angle comes in to the human trafficking victimization. When they're, they're a, a runaway, uh, you know, like we talked about in Miami, that uh, you know, comes, comes into that arena because they're forced into it, they're abducted, or they're even tricked into it uh, online, and now they're put into that forced sex uh, industry. So while that is a form of prostitution, one, somebody chose to go that path, the other, somebody is being forced to go that path. Are we consistent across the board from agency to agency in how we classify those? Is there a guideline somewhere? You know, I, I, I can't speak for the other agencies, but I know we try and make sure that that, that line difference is, is um, kept separate because it, if not, then it skews your numbers. It, 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 it shows you have either more or fewer victims of human trafficking. And we, we want to know what that data looks like to, to have the data gives us our best chance to combat it. Uh, when you look at uh, the, the different types of, of forced in, uh, you know, in the industry, then that prostitution side is definitely one of them. But we, we have to keep in mind that there is a difference between somebody that's in the prostitution business because they chose to go that way and somebody that's forced to go that way. Yeah, that's very true. I was a little surprised when you mentioned the ag industry because there is a lot of that here in, the, in Florida. Didn't realize Absolutely. there was forced labor there. How prevalent is that? How much of that's being seen around the state? So, you know, what, what I can tell you is um, uh, when the cartels are bringing them across, they're paying to be brought across. The cartel's not doing it out of the kindness of their heart. Uh, the cartel's making money off of, off of it, just as anybody uh, you know, can imagine. So when they're being brought across, some of them have a debt to pay, or they pay that debt on the front end, maybe it's $1,000, whatever it is, and when they get here, they say, we had to go through all sorts of different obstacles. You now owe us 2000 and the cartel is so ruthless that if they don't pay it, they will go back and kill their family, or at least they have that threat of going back. So then they put them into that forced labor uh, side of the industry where now they're having to work off their debt. And of course, some of the money that they're making goes toward paying their their uh, place to live and everything else. And they, it takes forever to pay off their debt. So it's across the board. And, you know, one of the one of the biggest challenges to working these type of cases is sometimes what has happened to the victims is so horrific that they don't want to relive it. They don't want to. Um, you know, have to go up in front of others and testify, or they're they're here illegally and they fear that if they report it, then they're going to be deported and stuff like that. So human trafficking is a nasty, ugly, ugly business bill that is basically modern day slavery. I can imagine 
the fear in someone who's here illegally and and not wanting to risk being deported? Is, is it such that the conditions, even though they are being forced into the labor, that's better than being sent back home for them? I, I think only they could answer that question because some of them, I, I can tell you that uh, some of the victims have been through such a horrific experience that they they never recover. We, we're blessed. We have some... some uh, organizations here in Brevard County that help with, uh, you know, victimizations or help with the victims and their victimization, um, life recaptured and some of those others that are, are out there doing it to try and get them back to the life they once had. But some of the things that happen are so horrific when you hear these stories and you go to some of these conferences and you hear what's taking place, but it's, it's things that you and I can't even fathom. I can believe that. What about, trying to escape the world let's say they've got the will to get out and they're ready to get out how difficult is is it for them to be able to reach out and get the assistance they need so you know if if they're fortunate enough to escape their captors and 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 get to some type of resource whether it's law enforcement or uh, a, a charity organization that's doing it uh then the recovery process starts and the recovery process is trying to uh, reacclimate them to their original life, the, the community. Uh, some of them have not seen their family in forever. Some of them are so embarrassed that they, they don't even want their family to know. I mean, that's, that's the depth of this tragedy and the depth of this, this uh, disgusting uh, industry that we call human trafficking. Let's talk about the hospitality side of it. As you mentioned, we've got the biggest port in the world in Brevard County as far as human passengers, you know, cruise ships and the like. Mm-hmm. You, you've got all the industry around that, the hotels, the restaurants, the clubs, all kinds of service industry here. Um, how, how prevalent is human trafficking in that hospitality industry? Oh, it's, it's one of the, with the top ones. I said there's three, and when you look at it, it's probably the broadest of all of them because the hospitality industry is everywhere, um, uh, not just in Brevard County. It's, it's across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at you look at the hospitality industry and the tourism industry and in central Florida, it's massive and it creates opportunities for placement of victims. Um, and, and one of the things that we've, we've been able to, to see in these, these uh, cases is they'll usually have the victims kept collectively in one place. That way they can control them. You know, in fact, we go out here in Brevard County, we go out and we teach our realtors. We have a great partnership with our realtors and we provide them education and awareness on what to look for. They're in so many different homes and different neighborhoods and everything. They become eyes and ears for us. And we we provide them education on the, the signs of, of human trafficking, what to look for. Uh, when you're in the hospitality uh, world, you're looking for that, that potential victim that won't make eye contact with you, that they start having a conversation with you and they're immediately shut down by the person that's got an eye on them, keeping an eye on them. Uh, all of all so of these folks things. are in the workplace with them. Absolutely, yeah. They they're they're not going to let them at any point be able to possibly contact law enforcement or contact somebody that can help them. They're going to keep a constant eye on them. That's got to be tough to infiltrate something like that from the law enforcement side. It is, and then and then you um, you go to the second phase where even when you're able to crack that egg. Now the victim doesn't necessarily want to testify because of the embarrassment, because of the humiliation of the things that they've gone through. And, and you see it in all different age groups. You know, you go back a few years here in our county, down in Palm Bay, you know, we always tell our citizens, if you see something, say something. And that's relative to every crime, not just, not just human trafficking. Um, a, a number of years ago down in Palm Bay, a neighbor noticed some kids knocking on their door trying to sell meat. Um, uh, you know, different, you know, hamburger and steaks and stuff like that. Noticed that the kids looked a little disheveled, um, uh, called Palm Bay Police Department. They went over, they found a van with other kids in it, and it ended up being the tip of the spear on taking off a human trafficking organization over in Central Florida. So, you know, all of those things become relevant when we're trying to break these, these organizations up. What's another thing you mentioned is that this is all interconnected. It's not just Brevard County or Miami-Dade or Hillsborough. Oh, it's all over the state. Yeah, and they move. They, they will move them around, too. If they think they're starting to get too friendly or too chummy with someone, they'll move them to a different area. Um, it's an entire network that, that goes on. And, and 
Um, it's sad that it happens in our country, in our state, but it also happens all over the world. And when, when you consider that other states, um, uh, you can actually go to that state and legally, sick as that is, legally have sex with a minor, um, uh, a lot of them are being taken to those countries as well where, where you, can, you can participate in that kind of just disgusting activity. Um, and so it's it's a global impact uh, on on victims. Is is there a handle on the number of how many of these folks are coming into the country, or how many of these people are victimized who are actually citizens of the United States and uh, are finding themselves subjected to this? Yeah. So you know, I mean, if, if we just look at some some just some raw numbers, um, in uh, in two thousand eighteen. There, um, and and I'll, I'll kind of go the gamut here. So on the National Human Trafficking Hotline cases, they from 2018 uh, all the way up to 2021, they had over over 29. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry. In in 2016, 767 cases. 2019, 896 cases. 2020, 730 cases. 2021. 781 cases. So those are cases that are being reported to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Of those, when you start breaking it down, sex, labor um, uh, type cases, those numbers are off the chart. For example, in 2021, 574 of those 781 were sex trafficking cases. So there's, there's, there's data out there that captures it, um, but it's all dependent upon the number of victims that are rescued or identified. Mm-hmm. Uh, any numbers about those coming into the country or those who were already here? Um, so, no, I, I, I don't have those numbers, Bill. But what I can tell you is that what's happening at the border is increased our numbers uh, across the country. Um, and when, when you look at the amount of human trafficking that is taking place at the border, it is pushing our numbers like limits we've never seen before. And I don't have those exact numbers with me, but what I can tell you is I was I was out in Arizona probably six or seven months ago. Um, I was in Cochise County, Sheriff Mark Daniel out there, who is, uh, unfortunately for him, become an expert on illegal border crossings. He and I were talking about the number of victims that are being found dead in, in co- hidden compartments and stuff where they were abandoned and left and, and suffocated to death. And, and we'll f- explore it further with Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey here on the Florida Roundtable. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? More confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You want to learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. 
We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion or your race or because you have children or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. I'm Bill Mick, back with you on the Florida Roundtable with Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey. As we look at human trafficking here in Florida specifically, but it's a broader problem than that. And Sheriff, as we pause there, you were talking about being in Arizona and a sheriff there that you're familiar with haven't had to become an expert in human trafficking and what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the sheriff there had to become a, an expert in not only human trafficking, but illegal border crossings. Um, his crime rate um, had had risen I think in a two-year period or three-year period by 54%. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane what, what is happening. And you can't really, in today's time, you can't talk about human trafficking and the impact of it without talking about the border and what's taking place out there. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing, um, you know, an increase in human trafficking victims and drugs that are coming across. Uh, victims that are being left for dead in, in hidden compartments and things of that nature. So, when, when we look at all of the different, the totality of the circumstances, if you will, that's, that's feeding into this, it's no, no doubt and no, um, no, no hidden factor that human trafficking victimization is increasing. What are the challenges that law enforcement faces when it comes to this, either locally or collectively across the country? What are you seeing as the toughest parts of, of enforcing anything like this? Well, again, the, 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 the first challenge is what's happening at the border, not being able to secure our border, not being able to stop illegals from coming across and the illegal activity that's coming across in, in, in addition to that. Um, and then, you know, uh, the, the cyber side of this, that's, uh, that's a part we haven't talked about. The cyber side of this is so much is going on on back pages and, and in the, the dark web that we that that's the challenge of investigating it you know a lot of people ask us why are you still working prostitution well working prostitution is one of the ways that we can can kind of back work uh into some of these organizations and until you get in there and start working that prostitution you don't know if the person chose to be there or is forced to be there and is an abduction uh, victim so but that's just one side of it the other side of it's what's happening on the cyber side where, um, you know, they're, they're being put up on the cyber side. Travelers are going to and far from them, and um, they're being able to do their dirty deeds, their dirty business on a dark web that's hard to, to uh, invade. Well, and a lot of that traffic where when you and I started in law enforcement, it was a phone book with escort ads in the back or at magazine ads or something. That's moved online as well. In fact, that's how some of these things are being caught with undercover officers posing as a child or posing as someone interested in exploiting a child 
Lo and behold, yeah. when the bad guy shows up with said child, it's a cop on the other side, and those kids eventually get or end up being rescued. But that's that's a long way to yeah. go to get that done. Yeah, let me give you let me give you a perfect example of that, Bill. Um, we we just had an agent that retired from us um, with 20, 26 years, um, and he he worked the cybercrime side of it, and I could go on and on about some of the cases he worked, but I'm going to highlight two of them. Uh, that that really speak to what we're talking about on the cyber side of the house. One of those cases, in an undercover capacity, he was contacted by a guy from London that um, believed he had a daughter, a 13-year-old daughter, that the London uh, uh, suspect had come over here to America, get her pregnant, and when she had the child, he was going to take the child back across to, to, to London and raise it to be a sex slave. Holy that cow. Sounds, that sounds like something you and I could never fathom. It, it sounds like the wildest script of the wildest movie you could ever think of. Mm -hmm. It's real. Um, he actually flew to the Sanford Airport. We picked him up on the way to Brevard County where we had a greeting, uh, a welcome uh, group for him. On the way here, he confessed that this is not his first time doing this. And when we worked with the authorities back in his his uh, uh, home area, he wasn't lying. This was something he had done before. And when when you look at the sickness of that individual, but but him going through it and furthering through on it, another one that that same agent worked was an individual from Texas that wanted to um, uh, take a teenager. Uh, or younger, he didn't care, but he had to be a child, wanted to take that teenager, wanted them brought to him. He was going to kill them, have sex with them, and then mutilate their body. And he was very specific that that was the order he was going to do it in. Um, and our agent flew out there, got in the vehicle, went to the, to the location he had described way out in the woods, a longitude and latitude, if you will. And he jumps up out of the woods um, the SWAT team bails out of the truck, takes him down, and he had all of the equipment already set up that he was going to do it with. And even went as far as to thank our agent for arresting him because he couldn't control himself. These are potential human trafficking victims because they're out there looking for them, and some sick, demonic human being is going to provide that in real life, not an undercover agent that saves children's lives. You've got a multi-jurisdictional situation here, and it doesn't just span the state or counties. It expands and takes in countries from around the world. You mentioned the guy from London. How good is the level of interagency cooperation when these cases come together? And how tough are, they, are there task forces in play? Are there people who are dedicated to this that you can reach out to? when you have a situation and, and you need to know where to go. How's that work for law enforcement right now? I'll tell you what, um, on that side of the house, it works better than anyone could ever imagine. We have, we have uh, task force agents that are working with the Secret Service, um, ICAC, um, uh, the Innocent Images, um, uh, you know, all, all of those groups all together, agencies together, we, we work with Customs and Border Patrol, all of that to prevent human trafficking. And I'll give you an idea of the depth of it. We, we have two agents here that are forensic. Um, uh, they go in and they, they, they do the forensic audits on these computers and everything else. Those two agents with part, in partnership with the Secret Service, our two agents are in the top, I think it's the top 20 agents for forensic audits in the entire country. They get an award every year from the Secret Service, this big, massive Secret Service um, badge that, that they get, and it, it tells them that they are in the top 20. That's, that's the kind of connection we have. We also have a U.S. attorney by the name of Roger Hamburg that knocks it out of the park on these cases. If we take them a human trafficking case, if we take them a child exploitation case, any of those things, those people never, ever see the light of day again because the partnership we have with the U.S. Attorney. Are there tactics you can talk about that are successful for law enforcement without giving anything away that might give a hint to a bad guy? Uh, just to let the public at large know 
there's an active rollout here in pursuing this and trying to stop it. So um, the the easy answer to that is no, because all our agents are smarter than I am. And they, do, uh, <laughs> they, they do they do incredible work. So um, uh, I don't think there's any danger of me giving up anything because um, I, I'm not that astute like they are. But you know, it's it's just like anything else. It's um, uh, undercover. Uh, whether that undercover is uh, in, in out here on the street or that undercover is uh, through the cyber world, uh, working with it, uh, the forensic audits that go into it. Uh, you know, we, we see all the time where people are willing to travel, uh, to come from the state of Georgia, for example. I'm not picking on Georgia, but I'm just using them as a state. Um, to come from Georgia to come to our area or to go to Polk County or one of those areas and literally have sex with a child. Um, the, that, that in itself is evil and disgusting enough. But the fact that there's another person out there that would put that child in that role, uh, whether that child is, is a runaway that is now the victim of human trafficking or that child is their own child. Um, those are the things that we have to break down the barriers and get to. Um, another, another thing that, that we do, um, and I spoke about it earlier is you show me a problem in society and I'll show you where education and awareness is part of the solution. So our crime prevention unit here in Brevard County, um, I, I go out myself and speak to realtors, to other groups, lunch and learns that can, can actually um, uh, create more eyes and ears for us so that we can identify victims. And then the last part of it that I'll talk about is organizations that take that victim in and try and return them to their life um, from before, trying to get their life back to where it once was, helping them through rehabilitation, helping them through uh, uh, counseling and getting them back on their feet, re reacquainting them with their family. So all of those, one of them alone doesn't work. It takes all of those together collectively. I would imagine for the offender that this is a proclivity, a desire for them, maybe a little easier to lure into an arrest situation than those who are running a business for, for profit, that they'll have more resources and, and be watching more carefully when somebody's trying to fulfill a psychological need might be a little easier to draw them in. Yeah. And so, and, and you're exactly right. There's one that's, that's working off of that sexual drive. There's the other that's working off of what is the biggest motivator in the world. And that's greed money. Um, and there's also independent parts to this. So it's not like one human trafficking organization is doing it all. They're not going over and bringing them across the border and then putting them into these different things. There's one part of that faction that is responsible for getting the victim. There's another part that's responsible for putting them into the uh, the, the jobs or the, the forced labor scenario they're going to be And in. I need to interrupt you there, but we'll come back to it here on the Florida Roundtable. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-240-4587. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. If your king or queen sago palms have been invaded by Asian cycad scale, it's time to fight back with organic summit year-round spray oil. It kills Asian cycad scale and other insect pests, but Summit Year-Round Spray Oil contains no chemical toxins. Insects don't build up a resistance to this horticultural oil, so it keeps working every time you spray. Summit Year-Round Spray Oil is available at fine garden centers and at summitresponsiblesolutions.com. Stop your grinding with Brooks Guard. Are you waking up in the morning with a sore jaw, headaches, ringing in your ears all because you're grinding and clenching your teeth at night? That's exactly what was going on with me. I ended up going to a dentist and he wants to charge over $600 for a night guard. That's when I found the Brooks Night Guard. You mold it at home to the top or bottom teeth. Other mouth guards go all the way to the back, which allows the back teeth to touch. This is where most of the grinding and clenching occurs. The Brooks Night Guard redirects the bite force away from the back teeth reducing jaw pain while still protecting the teeth. This unique design is what makes Brux Night Guard 
different from all other traditional grind guards. Order your Brux Night Guard today and get 10% off plus free shipping. Go to BruxNightGuard.com and enter the code BRUX95. That's B-R-U-X-9-5. Stop your grinding with Brux Night Guard. This is the Florida Roundtable. I'm Bill Mick. We're talking with Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey. Human trafficking, our subject this weekend. And uh, Wayne, as as we broke, we were talking about how easy it is maybe to get certain predators in play. But if it's a for-profit game for them, they've got some more resources in play. And you say a pretty interesting structure as how they run their business, and they do run it as a business. They do. And there's different, there's different facets of that business out there. You know, I'll, I'll equate it to, like, identity theft, for example. There are those that steal the identities. They're... They sell the identities to another part that's going to use them to buy merchandise. They sell it to another part that's going to use it to get, you know, uh, uh, mortgages or whatever. So there's different groups. There's a group that abducts the victim. There's a group that puts the victim into forced labor. There's a group that, you know, does this with them and everything else. And they're all very keen in what they do. They're doing this from a global perspective. Uh, They're very wise to some of the... uh, you know, tactics that law enforcement uses. And uh, um, they, uh, they, they use burner phones. They use every different angle they can to try and conceal themselves and, and uh, victimize as many people as they possibly can for that one all-out thing that drives uh, criminals, greed. Is the cooperation between the international agencies as good as it might be here between sheriff's departments or states? Well, I think geography drives a lot of that, but um, I can tell you in the cases that we've worked that had connections to other countries, we've had great, great success with. Um, and, you know, also, you know, the Secret Service and, and those that, that we're involved with, um, ICE and Homeland Security, we have a great partnership with them on these same type of cases. They have uh, agents that are stationed around the world that can run interference for us and, and be the tip of the spear on those cases that, that we follow overseas. I know from my drug task force days, it it wasn't every day, but there would be on occasion, you would pick up a case and you might be able to take it two or three states away. On one case in particular, we connected three different states, make it four because we went through Texas, through Brownsville, and ended up in Columbia at the source of the cocaine that was fueling the crack cocaine on the streets of our cities. Uh, Occasionally, that's going to happen here as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it's always, most of these cases are multi-jurisdictional, whether that multi-jurisdictional is uh, between counties, between states, or, you know, uh, between countries. So uh, a lot of these cases have those dynamics. It's, uh, you know, you you talked earlier right at the beginning as we started discussing this about a victim from Miami that was taken across Alligator Alley and, and thankfully was being taken to somebody that could rescue them, not harm them. Uh, so, you know, we do see those jurisdictional boundaries cross. Uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement is a great, great resource for us here, especially on cases that are moving very quickly, and we've, we've got to take action. Uh, FDLE, we have a great partnership with them, and they, they give us that, uh, you know, interstate, uh, interstate ability. Well, and I would imagine it, when these cases do come together, you end up working with another agency. You hear about interagency rivalries, particularly at the federal level, but that happens in smaller agencies too. Uh, but when you've got a case of this magnitude, I would imagine all of that goes by the wayside. Everybody checks their ego at the door. Everybody, everybody realizes the, the importance of being able to save a life or prevent somebody's life from being you know, impacted in this way. And I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm certainly proud of our team and the way that we, we do this. We bend over backwards to help any agency that comes to us. That's why, you know, our forensic examiners, for, for example, have so many cases that they're doing. Um, and, you know, sometimes there, there gets a little bit of a confusion out there. So somebody might say, oh, my gosh, you know, I'll, I'll use Hillsborough County because I know their, their operation over there, um, I hope, you know, puts a lot of emphasis on it. Um, somebody might say, oh, my gosh, Hillsborough County has so many human trafficking victims. And that's not necessarily the case. What it, what, it, what it could spell and what it most likely means is that they're putting such emphasis on that crime 
that their numbers are bigger because they're making more arrests, they're arresting more victims and things of that nature. So you, you can't get skewed by looking at the numbers and say Hillsborough County has more human trafficking victims than anybody else. That's why we put so much emphasis on it here and participating in task force and working it from every angle from our sort unit being involved in it, special investigations unit to our, our doing prostitution stings and arrests off of those. You have to work it from all different angles and you have to also understand this impacts um, you know, all different victims. Now I will say that right at 80% of the victims are females. They're most much more likely to be a victim well, speaking of those victims and their concerned families, I want to address that when we come back to wrap up the Florida Roundtable this weekend on the Florida News Network. Sheriff Wayne Ivey is with us, and we'll be right back. When was the last time you had a truly awesome nursery experience? A nursery and garden center with a huge selection and friendly expert advice. We're talking about Quality Green specialists in Deland. At Quality Green, we have your favorite plants, fruit trees, flowers, vegetables, and herbs. Plus, with our 8011 fertilizer, organic azomite, and composted soil, your garden will look its very best. Great plants, sustainable products, friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, Deland, and online at qualitygreenspecialist.com. Hey, you, with the shopping cart, it's us, Leafy Greens. Leafy what? Greens, delicious, locally grown leafy green vegetables. I'm Romaine. This is arugula. Hello. Spinach. Ahoy. Escarole and endive. Bonjour. Right. I put you guys on my sandwiches. Aww. We're more than just a sandwich layer. We add crunch to your salads. Flavor to soups. And a little je ne sais quoi to your dishes. That is... If you let us. <laughs> for meals with personality, look for the sunny, fresh from Florida logo where you shop. David was in big trouble with the IRS. At first, I didn't owe that much, but after this year, it was out of control. Then David called Get a Tax Lawyer. Right away, they were like, oh yeah, looks like you're qualified to save Get a Tax Lawyer went to work. <laughs> Should have called way sooner. Get a Tax Lawyer has helped thousands like David fight the IRS and get a fresh start. Call 800-786-9014. That's 800-786-9014. Ah, the sun's out, the water's cool. It's a perfect day for boating. What's that boat doing? Perfect boating days can quickly turn into disasters when drugs and alcohol are involved. Don't let boating under the influence ruin your day. FWC officers have zero tolerance for impaired operators. If you're over the limit, you're under arrest. Learn more at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the FWC Division of Law Enforcement. Shortness of breath, patients confused. Temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? He's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Bringing this weekend's edition of the Florida Roundtable to a close. I'm Bill Mick with Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey. Human trafficking, our focus. Wayne, I can imagine it's not something that folks look for in a smaller community. You don't look for it in your neighborhood, but yet kids are victimized from those very places. What would you suggest for parents or family members or friends that want to protect their kids from being victimized in this fashion or, or, or other people in their families? Yeah. So the first, the first thing is uh, take the blinders off. Um, understand that this can happen anywhere. Uh, an abduction can happen anywhere. A, a victimization can happen anywhere. And it can be in your backyard. So take the blinders off. Have the tough conversation with your children at the appropriate age. 
Um, uh, be aware that runaways are very, very vulnerable in this scenario, um, especially with social media, because the runaways reach out and they, they befriend people trying to get help because they're they're homeless or those type of things. And next thing you know, they fall in trapped, uh, you know, in a trap to this. So have that conversation with your children. Make sure that your children know that no matter what they've done, they can come to you. They, there may be consequences. In fact, there should be consequences for their actions. But make sure they know they can come talk to you. The other side of it is um, uh, educate yourself on what to look for. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking specifically to our children right now. Monitor their social media activities. We had a case not long ago in Rockledge where uh, a young lady was communicating with somebody she thought was her same age, uh, agreed to meet at McDonald's. Luckily, somebody interceded. We got involved. The guy she was going to meet had a van that was um, all set up to make her a victim. Uh, so, you know, understand it can happen to anybody. Have that conversation. Monitor social media for your children and report anything that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. You talked about age, at an age-appropriate level. I had a story related to me earlier in the week as we were preparing for this show where uh, an 11-year-old girl was walking to school. She had noticed that a, a person in a van was watching her on her way home from school. As she went to go to school the next day, the same van was there. She was alert. The gentleman in the gentleman, the, the, the dirt bag in the van, tried to abduct the child. She went running and screaming, God help. Because she was alert, she saw what was happening and was able to protect herself that way. I thought that was huge. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. And that's that's a kid that somebody's had that conversation with. And, and you know, we, we want to teach our children to be able to protect themselves to the extent they can when they can. And so age appropriate, have that conversation with them. And then, again, monitor everything they do. Um, you know, I always parents say, well, I trust my children. Well, that's good. But just to answer this, did you ever lie to your parents? Because you probably did, and your children will lie to you too. So just be be that, be your, as I always tell everybody, be your child's, be your own child's cop. Um, be, the, be the chief law enforcement officer in your child's life and keep a constant eye on them. And have you given them the tools that they can be aware and protect themselves if necessary? That's fantastic. Wayne, one other thing. Absolutely. Is, is there a state level or a federal level um, agency or task force that's responsible for these kinds of things or at least a go-to source when you when you run across them? Yeah, so, you know, the, uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, again, is just an incredible statewide agency. As you know, I spent 20 years there. Um, they, they are a great resource, especially when it comes to missing children and runaways, um, that type of thing. The National Center for Missing and Exploiting Children is another great resource. They, they have profound websites that you can go to and get just an abundance of information. And you can also visit our website, BrevardSheriff.com. Brevard Sheriff Wayne Ivey, thank you for the hour this week. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back next week on the Florida Roundtable. We'll talk with Ag Commissioner Wilton Simpson then. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable with Bill Mick on news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station management, owners, or sponsors. For questions or concerns, contact Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.